This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, Justin. Hey, ma'am. So uh, as we're recording this, we're now in the the middle of, of the apocalypse. But I don't want to talk about that <laughs> right now, because if you're listening to this in the future, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember when that happened. That was crazy. Uh, but uh, but the question I have for you is uh, in this time, how how are you generating customers, man? It's all in the authority and the kind of the groundwork that's been laid out in advance. Uh, I'm actually generating a lot of customers through Fiverr right now because I have the, yeah. the Fiverr Pro, the Fiverr Pro level prestige. So uh, I've had a surge, which is interesting, but it kind of oh. makes sense as well because a lot of people are now like realizing they're going to need digital marketing more than ever, and either they want to acquire skill sets or they want to uh, get it done for them. So there's, I've, I've actually had a surge in business. I'm positioned well. You're positioned well, um, but I've seen a lot of business owners suffering right now, and that's uh, well. Let me let me ask you a question, Justin. If you had one of the top customer generators in the world, and you were able to ask him one question. What would that question be? I guess you'll have to listen and find out. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Marketing Geeks. Marketing Geeks. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, all right, all right. Our guest is uh, is recognized as one of the top customer generators in the world, specializing in financial service space. So this will be interesting. Uh, and uh, running a team that drives over 1 million customers each year. Also a keynote speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist even. Wow, I said that word without messing it up. I can't believe it. Ladies and gentlemen, Anthony Serendera. What's up, boys? How are you, sir? Where where are you? Where 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 are you right now at this moment in time? I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. Staying uh quarant self-quarantining. How about you guys? Yeah. I'm self I'm currently self-quarantining in the Netherlands. As of as of yesterday, the governor of California put in the lockdown order. So as of now. I'm supposed to be staying indoors all day from now on. So we'll see how that goes. And how's that going to differ from any other part of your life, Justin? Hey, shut up, man. <laughs> I like, I'm a big outdoor guy, all right? That's good. So, uh, so Anthony, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, you know, what, what, what drives you? What, why, why, what makes your heart sing? Why do you do what you do? 
Yeah, thanks, bro. So, um, yeah, I, I, I originally um, was really into fitness. I wanted to help people lose weight and started realizing that uh, a lot of uh, people's uh, issues and problems in the world. And, you know, I was a young kid and just said I wanted to change the world, which is, you know, foo-foo, horror shit. But, uh, it, it, you know, I, I re- started realizing that uh, an individual's finances is really where divorce, suicide, depression, obesity, all these things all uh, really stem from a lot of times working two jobs to pay the bills, things like that. So I wanted to start solving uh, financial problems. And I didn't grow up necessarily poor. We grew up very middle class. And uh, we still live paycheck to paycheck, which tells you that it's not just poor people that are that are struggling with finances. So um, that's what we do today. We help connect, you know, as you mentioned, over a million customers a year to different financial products that help them in some way, either make money or save money. Okay, so what? what first of all, uh, how did you end up doing this, of all things? Oh, dude. Okay, so I saw a guy shooting hoops on a Tuesday at a basketball court. I said, what the hell do you do, sir? And uh, he said, the internet. I hated fucking working on the computer, but I knew I wanted to shoot hoops on a Tuesday. And uh, I begged the guy to intern for free, did it, started learning the internet. And then, uh, and, and you know, I can I can go deeper into any of that. But really, that that, that was the motivation to learn the internet and uh, and led me to, to where we are today. I, I really, I became obsessed with this idea that I didn't have to I wasn't limited geographically or by my time to to make an impact. So like, as we're talking right now, you know, I, my work is happening. I'm, I'm getting in front of people I'm connecting them, things like that. And that became so fucking addicting that even the vehicle of a laptop and sitting down on a computer, you know, kind of stagnant going like this, which was my worst nightmare at the time, you know, I can do now for 12 hours a day and love every second of it. So when you started your first business, what, what was your first business you started on the internet? Uh, what age? And did you struggle at first or was lead gen like just came natural to you? Yeah, it was a, a internet marketing agency and um, uh, it was out of my dorm room actually in college. So I was, what was I've been 19 at the time. Um, and uh, really it started as, as kind of just a side hustle amongst my, you know, sales job and things that were actually paying the bills. And I, I started just uh, really working part-time for a guy uh, but remotely. And I just remember how like badass that was. And I was like, shit, dude, I could build this guy like hourly without having to be in his office. I was like, this is dope. So I'd be, you know, up at like midnight working on shit. And uh, I, I just started getting, I just focused on being really good at, it was really a Google AdWords account. And uh, I just performed so well that honestly, it sounds silly, but just naturally started getting referrals. So he referred me to one guy, to his friend, to his friend, his friend. And then eventually to actual like uh, you know a, a, a sales consultant that had ten clients, boom! And now all of a sudden, I had doubled business overnight. Again, happened with the development agency, boom! Double business overnight. Grew that business, and uh, my brother runs it today fully. So I'm, I'm uninvolved with the agency, and then uh, you know I can I, that, I guess that that's that's the start. We can get how you know next steps. But when you hit the when you hit the area of growth where you had enough revenue to hire people, um, what what stage was that for you, and what was uh, Tell me about the hiring process. Was that also, was that a challenge for you or, or is this another thing that kind of, uh, was this something that came naturally to you too? Because I'm always curious about when you hit like the threshold where you're going to start scaling from solopreneur to agency or did you start as an agency? I, I don't know that to begin with too. I mean, like with actual like employees. Yeah, I guess, I guess, it was, you know, it was solo. It was really, I, 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 I made myself a job before a business, right? So it was yeah. just contracting work and then it took up full time and then, um, you know, my my first hire, I guess I've got kind of interesting input here. I, I very much now I look back and, and I realize I didn't necessarily strategically do this, but 
I realized that if I was surrounding someone as a friend of mine, there was a, they added value to my life. And if my life was going to be primarily dominated by my business, it would make sense to have those people involved in the business as well, too. So there's a reason why I had that. So started hiring <clears throat> friends, family, things like that. And even today, you know, I'm pouring close to a dozen of my friends and family that I've known for over a decade. And it very much came because if I was going to, you know, look at myself and my, my, my day-to-day life as a business, you know, if I was going to surround myself with these people, there's a reason for that. It's either their growth mindset, their risk tolerance, their loyalty, skill set, intellect, whatever it is. Um, but at the stage, it was, it was first, it was really for admin shit. It was admin work. It was putting together reports. It was putting together shit I really didn't want to do because I, I knew that I needed to be as close to selling or the customer as possible to be able to, to drive more and more revenue. So it, first, it was just really shit I hated doing. It was, it was bookkeeping work and it was uh, Excel spreadsheets and reports. And then, you know, started, you know, replacing more and more of anything that didn't involve me selling or talking to the customer. Interesting. So I want to talk about, I want to talk about site flood. So site flood, is that your current company or is that the company that you've now allocated to your brother, you said, or? Yeah, that's the agency my brother runs and that's, that's a great, you know, seven figure business and, and runs on autopilot with him and, and got a great team there. Is that the company generating a million leads per, uh, per year? Oh, so, so that's pocket your dollars. So that's, that's where I spend 99.9% of my time today is on, uh, it's essentially, it's funny. People are like, how do you, you know, I, I always laugh when like kids, young kids or, or, you know, aspiring marketers, a lot of people listening here, they're like, well, I've got a crypto business and an internet marketing and then an ATM. And I'm like, dude, you can't fucking do that. Like even me like to have like two businesses, like, you know, seven figure plus businesses, the other one, eight figure plus is uh, it's, it's literally so close to the same shit. One is a marketing agency where people rent out services. And the other one is a lead generation specifically in the financial services, you know, and now we're moving up the moving up the, um, uh, the ladder, if you will, and servicing the actual servicing some of the financial products as well, too. But these are so close, little 5%, 10% pivots along the way. Um, and I think some people like a lot, of, especially young people listening, they hear they're like, Oh, you know, it's so cool to say you have 50 employees, or it's so cool to say, you only know, sleep three hours a night. So, well, I, I, the, so tell me, like, what is tell me, like, I, I, I trying to wrap my head around the current company with the financial businesses, what, what, tell me, like, just walk me through the customer journey. Sure. So it's essentially, it's, it's anything from like, if you're struggling with credit card debt, or you need to repair your, uh, you know, your credit score or refinance on your home, find the right insurance, these things we're getting in front of you at a, at a high rate, spending six figures plus a day on online paid media um, and offline now, actually, and essentially with whatever the 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 product we're pushing it. So if it's for health insurance, it's it's you know, hey Justin, you know, are you a a business owner? You know, uh, that that is getting private insurance. You know, blah blah blah. Here's the values benefits to contacting us, filling out your information, or calling us, getting in front of you with that. The second you call or fill out information, we're routing that directly to an actual service provider to a a, a progressive or a Geico or something like that, and we're getting paid on the the handoff, the customer generation. Nice. Oh, interesting. So, uh, okay. I, I, I got a, I got a couple of questions here. Uh, so first of all, I mean, um, how do do you do, do in your mind? Cause some of the times if there's like a financial, uh, solution, let's say for somebody who doesn't have very good credit, a lot of times those people will have really high interest rates and they'll just take the credit so they can get cash uh, and, and, you know, we all know those people, I've been those, that person myself, uh, do you route to those types of people? I mean, is there, are you agnostic when it comes to that or is there, 
like some vetting that you do? Yeah. So a ton of vetting, but you know, today I joke we're ambulance chasers. So we're fixing a lot of problems. So instead of perpetuating poverty and getting you more and more debt, you know, I, we can make, you know, NerdWall, it's a great example. NerdWall is a $500 million company. Uh, Lending Tree, same thing too, if you're familiar with, with that. They're very similar to, to the Mies of the world. The only difference is I, we focus on the subprime individual, so an individual who's struggling financially and looking for solutions to uh, re- renegotiate their credit card debt. Uh, again, challenge items on their their report to fix their credit score, get a better uh, insurance quote, things like that. So we actually today don't put any focus on you know, hey, how do we slam Justin to a 22% credit card, or how do we get you, you know uh, to a personal loan or something like that? So we very much are are strategic in who we're focused on. Um, a lot of it because uh, there's a gap in the market; people aren't focusing on it because there's not as much money to be made. Focus on you know a, a poor people, for lack of better words, versus you know, most of these you know these massive companies focusing on perpetuating poverty. In my opinion. Well, what about what about the current situation? Um, have you noticed an effect on your ability to generate leads right now? I mean, it's still pretty early. Yeah. Um, I don't even know. I don't think we've really felt the economic ramifications yet fully. I mean, the stock market may have, but not the not the individuals. Right. So I'm I'm wondering, um, is there a plan like a contingency pivot in place, or how are you a adopting or adapting to the um, the changing economic climate where we just wiped out, you know, four years of growth in two weeks. Yeah, it's uh, it, it. So I built this business to be recession proof and to thrive during a recession. Mm-hmm. And really as of like a week ago is the first time I've actually kind of seen that come to life. Cause I wasn't in, in, in this business in 2008, 2009 uh, yeah. or sorry, 05, 06, excuse me, t- times. Um, or I guess that whole time period. So our like our best day of the year was on Tuesday, for instance. Like wow. it's uh, it, things are, are thriving for us because people are starting to wake up to this, you know, fairy tale of the last few years where everything's been great. The 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 market's been amazing, and and you know, a lot of marketers, people listening, probably you know never either a weren't in business or b you know forgot about the economic downturn before, and uh, we're just you know just stuck in everything being so great and happy, and so. Anyway, it, 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 uh, it, it's funny. It's not ha-ha funny, but it's weird to see it come to fruition, especially when I talk to my friends that have e-commerce businesses or this or that, that are really a luxury product or something like that. They're, they're really taking a hit and really struggling and really need to pivot quickly mm-hmm. uh, to honestly even just product offering, some things that are more need-to-haves versus want-to-haves or more commodity-type things versus a, you know, a luxury product or service out there. So uh, things, have been, things have been flourishing for us. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that they're probably going to do even better uh, coming up as as people have even worse uh, financial issues. But uh, so, so on the, I mean, on the grand scheme, uh, I, I'm, I, I, it's it's a strange question, but do you find this like spiritually fulfilling? Yeah, I do. It's not a weird question. It's it's. Uh, I mean, I. I, I, I literally mean this. If I was making fucking $10,000 a year, I would be doing the exact same thing every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I truly mean that. And it's like, it's funny. I'll go sometimes like months without even looking in my bank account or anything. Like it's literally, this has become a fun game for me where like, if you literally unattach money to this and, you know, obviously if my, my, my needs were met, I could still eat and have a roof over my head. I would still be doing this exact same thing. It's like, and, and I think that that holds true for a lot of people. I mean, you look at like, the Kevin, Kevin Hart's like when you think of like a, a, a comedian, they're really start, you know, it's literally a starving actor, starving comedian is like literally the term for it. But 
this guy is just focused or focused on something that he loves so much that it became very lucrative. And I think we see that a lot with, with even categories that, that, you know, generally don't make money or aren't good to make money. I think just, you know, following what you actually get you jived in the morning. It's the only sustainable thing in my opinion. I, I mean, I a hundred percent agree. I mean, I, I started in corporate America and was a hundred percent miserable. And I had, when I finally pivoted and, you know, started my own business you know, it started slow, but it, uh, but it was fulfilling. Like you said, like it was, it's night and day. I could work 18 hour days and feel happier doing this than work, you know, eight hours in a cubicle. It was just complete misery. So uh-huh. I get it. You can't, you can't beat me. Cause I love what I'm doing too much. Like I, I can work 16 hour and have the, the highest peak energy throughout the day because I'm, I'm obsessed with what, with my calling, which I think is really to help people with financial issues. And not, that's not saying that won't change in the future. That's not saying I, I figured that out day one or anything, but the, the guy across the board who, who, who isn't enjoying as much as, as I am with this stuff, he's going to burn out. He's going to get tired. He's going to take breaks. It's like, you know, it's again, oh, burnout is a real, it's a real issue. It's a real issue. And, and really? So let's, let's break down. I want to break down lead gen a bit. Um, sure. So if you're, if we're talking lead gen, um, let's kind of go through your process. Are you someone that starts on the micro level? Are you, identifying that customer avatar and that individual person? Are you going to that level that I hear about so many digital marketers talk about? Or are you, um, do you have a different process? Like what, what kind of a process do you work with? Yeah, I, I, I put myself into the term method actor. Um, if you're, if you're mm, familiar. If not, I'm familiar. Um, Daniel have, Day-Lewis, man. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln, he did break character for the whole movie. <laughs> I, 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 I legitimately mean it when I'm entering a new market, I become a method actor. So I, 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 when we first started in the space, I stopped paying some of my medical bills on purpose to feel like what <laughs> it would get, to get calls, to get the mail. And I literally started feeling anxiety when I would check the mail, when I would get a call, I would turn off my phone before when it would like, it, I was like, I don't want to be woken up to phone calls anymore. Like I would turn off my phone at night, things like these things that now all of a sudden when I'm writing copy or you're talking to a customer or you're telling the sales team how to talk to people, like who talks like that? It's like, you know, everyone else is going, get a better percentage interest rate. I'm going don't have a pit in your stomach when you check the mail. Yeah. Like who's converting? You know what I mean? So you're, you're experiencing the pain points and then you're actually kind of gaining empathy as well. So yeah, I can see how that would very much help with your writing copy. Well, yeah. I, I've got, I've got two questions around this. The first one is I, I'd like to go back just a little bit. Like how did you figure out that this was a gold mine and when you, and, and put together this particular line of business? And then the second question, the follow-up will be, I want to, I want to really like find out how you get your clients, how they find you, but, but start with like, how did this, how did this come about? You know, I, I think, I think I was looking for a couple of things. I was looking for a taboo space, um, that, 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 you know, not everybody, like, again, everybody wants to be a crypto God, but nobody wants to be. <laughs> Two a, years ago, I did. <laughs> right, right. Nobody wants to be the guy that, that, you know, helps fix people's credit score per se. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I was looking for a taboo space. I was looking for a growing market. So if you look at, at credit card debt or even just debt in general in this country, since credit cards were introduced, it's been a, a rising trend ever since, uh, you know, the, the piece of plastic was introduced. So I'm seeing a rising trend. I'm seeing a taboo market. I remember going to my first conference and like the, the this will be interesting because it's a marketing podcast, like the, the pamphlets were all pixelated and shit. And I'm like, people paid a thousand, bucks. like the pamphlets are pixelated. What the fuck? It had like Fiverr logos everywhere and shit like that. And it was like, <laughs> watermark. Yeah. yeah, literally. So I was like, holy shit. So anyway, so taboo space for me. 
uh, growing market, something that I actually was passionate about. We're really probably the the three the three biggest circles. And then honestly, it sounds good to say now. If I said it a month ago, you're like, oh cool. Now you're probably like, yeah, sure, fucking right. I, I was thinking of something recession proof. I wanted something that would thrive during the recession because mm. I knew if I could figure it out when the market was good and favorable times were going on, um, it, it you know I'd be fine during the recession. And that was a it was a big deal for me because I mean we we lost our house when I when I was a kid at during the recession and all these other problems. And I just I remember so much like the financial hardships. Like my parents got divorced over it. I remember fights. I remember all these things around finances. So for me that it like it struck a chord at home too. So it really it checked a lot of these boxes. And I didn't have all the answers out of the gate, but I got, you know, I I got lucky because I just really drilled down and I kept turning and turning and churning on something that I really thought was going to be the right direction for me to go in. And eventually it started popping. And well, that's interesting. I mean, you brought up an interesting, uh, several interesting points. One of them being that uh, you, you're, you've just defined what, uh, when people are like, what are millennials thinking, blah, 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 blah. But you just hit on, on like, this is the world that you grew up in is your parents fucking losing their houses because of financial situation. And, and nobody learned shit. And, this is this, what yep. we're going to about to live through is the outcome of that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, sure. and, and it's going to be worse, you know? Uh, so, yeah. so when the children who are born now see the world, I mean, it's like, we're, 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 we're passing through a portal, man. And when we get through the other side of it, uh, we're, the human race is going to be significantly different, you know? And I've, I've talked about for a while there, I mean, the credit card, credit cards are a bubble basically. I mean, we, I mean, it's, it's waiting to burst, but it's going to be as, you know, I, I was thinking that before the virus hit that there was going to be a bubble with credit card debt and it was going to become a huge problem because people were going to start defaulting on credit cards. Now that's almost a virtual certainty that credit card companies are going to have defaults because people are going to prioritize their spending in this, uh, in this weird timeline and they're going to be uh, they're going to be defaulting on credit cards like crazy, which is why I've like kind of been thinking I have to be prepared that credit card companies might be forced to freeze credit lines. I mean, that's the, you, that's the way I think. I think well, like no, like like one of the most interesting things when I when I moved here, the, this this one little thing like blew my mind. When I got here, I uh, I I moved into a place and they didn't ask for my credit score. They asked for my bank account and proof of me having a job with a contract. So, so, and then I was like, can I get a credit card? And they're like, yeah, but it's not a credit. You, you have to pay it off at the end of every month, like a charge card. And I'm like, does anyone have yep. credit here? It's like, what are you kidding me? Maybe for your house or your car, but that's it. And you don't buy those things unless you can afford them. And everybody's yep. so practical here. I, I fucking love it. You mean your whole life isn't dictated by a FICO score? No, they don't even. You mean your whole life's not dictated by ego? It's it, who's got the bigger car, the bigger house, the bigger, the more clothes, jewelry. No, in fact, if yeah. you have a if you have a big car, you're pretty obnoxious. Yeah. And uh, and so anyway, it's just it's just interesting. So you know that that whole world is gonna is gonna shift. So what what I want to find out now is is what how did you start this? Did you just put up a website and take calls yourself? Like what was the what was the growth process on this particular thing once you figured out kind of like the code? Yeah, I, I think there's a there's an awesome lesson here. Like I I literally got uh, the biggest the fastest MVP I possibly could, which was a Facebook lead ad. So I didn't have a website. Had a Facebook lead ad. What, what year? What year was this? By the way, I'm just kind of curious in terms of like uh, four or five years ago. Okay, four, so about about the prime when it was, when Facebook ads were peaking. I would say, <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 about four. Yeah, exactly. Four years ago sounds about right. 
uh, lead ad that would then, then uh, you know, set up, a, I think I tw- uh, plucked on like Twilio or something that would call and text them and then route them to a, uh, you know, we found a partner that would pay us, pay us on, uh, on an actual lead. So they said, you know, every call, every time you make the phone ring, we'll give you 20 bucks or whatever it was. And, uh, and boom, it was that. And we did a million dollars without even having a website. Wow. Uh, Found a website. I love that. A a website which on it for an internet marketing company. Um, so I, I think it's an interesting lesson on, I think a lot of marketers or, uh, business owners, like it, the 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 feel or the term of MVP I don't think is real enough. Like you 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 have this idea and you go to your mom. You're like, mom, you like it? She's like, yeah, honey, I love it. And then you're like, okay, I got to make it perfect and special. Then it's two years later, hundred thousand dollars later, and and you you know and, and it's obsolete by that time. Versus getting something out and getting some. Yeah, this is that's a big thing. And I always tell people that like I, I've had clients, you've had those clients too, I'm sure, where it's like get everything. No, I'm not going to put anything out there until it's absolutely perfect. Cause it's got my name on it. Right. Well, you know what? Then the first thing you put out is going to suck no matter what it is. Right. And, and I, I, I have a friend of mine who uh, has been working on a movie for like three years and spent, no, no, uh, I'm sorry, 10 years. Yeah. And has spent like $2 million on it. James Cameron release it. James Cameron. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So, so, so you, you got, you, you basically were able to launch this thing almost with proof of concept. It sounds like, and you, you just, I mean, this is the, one of the things that I love about this time is that if you have an idea, it doesn't take much to just get it going. Like if you want to do a digital curriculum, have a podcast, be a creator of some sort, the tools are so accessible yeah. and so available to people uh, that, that really, you know, people can, can easily create content. Yeah. Uh, of course, most people have shitty visions, but um, <laughs> yeah. so I think, what is it? Action Trump's vision. They say, right. Or action like, like uh, I forget the term. Can we rephrase that please? <laughs> uh, so, so, uh, okay. But, but uh, so now where are you in? So you've got these kind of successful businesses rolling. You've got money coming in. So what's kind of next for you now that you like have have kind of equalized your financial situation? Yeah, great question. It's um, it's how do I do so like this, in a, on a micro level? It's how do I like these podcasts? Like I'm not pitching anybody. I don't think your 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 uh, your audience is a subprime individual in credit card debt. So it, it's it's how can I now amplify my time? Like I remember listening to podcasts to learn a lot of this shit. So how can I give back to be able to do that? So I started a a program at Arizona State University. The, the, it's one of the biggest universities here in the States where it essentially connects entrepreneurs uh, with uh, kids in school. And there's a $2 million fund a year that just injects capital into these these uh, students' ideas. And, and again, they're matched with someone with uh, actual experience that, is, that have been there and done that can help guide them through from idea to validation to mass market type of stuff. So, uh, uh, you know, for me personally, those, those kind of, I've, I've definitely allocated more and more of my time towards that versus growing the business. So I'd say about 10% of my time goes towards uh, projects like that, or even like trying to do a podcast a week, one or two podcasts a week, which is something that, you know, otherwise I'd, I'd be, you know, head deep in, in work. So uh, that's, that's what I'm focused on personally a lot right now. Um, and then for the business, it's, it's really, um, you know, how do we get in front of, uh, like I said, we're, I joked we're ambulance chasers, but how do we start getting in front of on the education? So how do I get in front of that um, 21-year-old kid who's at Coachella and gets a free vodka soda for opening up an American Express credit card uh, and, and and educating them on exactly like 
what the hell they're doing or the two button clicks where they're $50,000 in student loan debt. I'm not saying this is bad not to take it out. I'm not saying go away from it, but to be more educated. Cause I remember for me, you know, I'm clicking buttons all of a sudden I'm, I'm $30,000 in student loan debt. I'm signing up for credit cards. I thought it was a, I was at Nordstrom's. I thought it was a, a you know, a VIP card. It's a credit card. You know, I thought it was like yeah. a card at, Fry, at Fry's or like the grocery store, you know? So that education piece is really what's next for us is, today and we focus so much on fixing problems but next will be how do we get in front of these problems so that we never you know ideally don't ever have to fix them so i want to go back to when you did the facebook lead ads and you were bringing in uh you're bringing in your first customers and you were building your million dollar business without a website so was your was your process that you had you had the lead ad and then they go straight to a phone conversation did you have a sales team or how how were you how did you say you were handling the sales conversation and were those like what? How many touch points are we talking here? We're we talking just like one touch point for a lead, and then a sales call, and then a closed deal, and, uh, and also like kind of a rough price point on the, how people are entering and the, those kind of ideas. Sure, hundred percent. So yeah, it was it was literally. A, this sounds overly simplistic, especially compared to some of the shit we run today. Mm -hmm. It was really a, a front end educational video. It was a nice whiteboard, literally a fiber video. We're just talking about it, Justin. Here we go, fiber video. It's a fiber whiteboard video. That lead ad, you clicked it, your info populated. Second you hit it, you got a text, you got a call. If you didn't get it, you got a text, you got another call, you got a text. The second you picked up, you press one to speak to a sales rep. You were talking to a partner of ours, so not a not a sales floor that I was running. So the robocalls work. The robocalls worked. I mean, they I know the, I know what you're talking about. It'll, it's a robocall that says press one to connect to an operator. Right. Uh, but those actually do work. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. uh, your, your iPhone flags a little bit more of that too. And and robocalls or cold calls. This was, hey, we got your inquiry to blah, 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 you know, to speak with someone click. So a little bit different than than a, a mass cold call automated. Yeah, automated follow-up, I'd say. The phone conversations. So what, what are those phone conversations like? Uh, who's who's taking the actual calls? And then again, what's the initial price point? And then like, other, what what back-end revenue sources are there? Sure. So uh, my, my customer's taking that. So for like an insurance, again, it would be like a progressive picking up the phone. And they're, mm -hmm. they're paying us the second the, the, the phone rings. So it could be, again, anywhere from 20 to really call it $50, $60 at a, at a peak. Uh, for all depending on the state they're in the criteria all this all this other good stuff uh, and then really yeah it's, it's answering the phone they're going hello they're saying hi hi just you know hi sir you know I, I i saw you were interested in in you know getting a health insurance quote or, or beating your current health insurance quote let's get some info blah, blah, and they take them down the sales process so for the insurance company that you know let's just say that you're worth you know five hundred dollars if you sign up over your lifetime you know, as long as my $20 per call back into that $500 acquisition cost for them, they'll, they'll do that all day long. They don't give a shit who I am, how nice I am, cool I am. If I, if I stroke their ego, like a, like a, a you know, an internet marketing agency would have to be, it's, it, it's pure numbers. It's, it, it's a productized service is essentially what it became. So essentially you were running an affiliate business. I mean, in a, yeah. round, in a roundabout way, you're doing an affiliate business. <laughs> um, awesome. No, I, I mean, like it's, it's super clever. I mean, uh, one of the things that I'm impressed with, I mean, I always, I, I'm always impressed with people who find some sort of like machine that just makes money. We had, uh, um, uh, which guest was it, Justin, uh, who one of the things that he did was he, he started a digital curriculum that was about orchid care because everyone always kills their orchids. So he just was an SEO guy and he built this digital curriculum. That's like, how do I take care of an orchid? And it's like, this thing popped up and that little niche made him enough money to basically pay all of his bills. And he has like 24 of these things and they just, they're just machines that make money. And, uh, 
It's it's uh, it's amazing. I'm always impressed uh, when when you could do that. But the other thing is that you could build these things fairly easily and uh, and launch them without too much cost on your end. And if you find it works, uh, Justin and I we've failed on every single one that we did. Like uh, you know, hamster speedos. We tried oh, yeah. to like uh, that digital curriculum we, failed. We should have tested that one, but we didn't. But we, then, but but you know what did do fairly well was our our paid site for hamster speedos. But that's we don't really talk about that. What what about uh? So let's talk about traffic sources. Um, I, I do want to go back into the lead gen conversation too. But uh, like, what traffic sources do you see as viable right now? I mean. Facebook, I know the prices have increased. Are you still running traffic on Facebook? Are you using, um, I know Google, of course, I'm sure you're running traffic on Google, but are you using any kind of alternative traffic sources that are like lesser known or um, or are you using any sort of agencies? Like we talked to a political marketer not too long ago that was um, leveraging data from Hulu and, um, and- Nice, yep. Yeah, and those, and uh, he was going through a third party to get all that, but it was very, very specific data and things like that. So I want to talk about kind of like some of the things that are happening right now for you as, in terms of targeting. Yeah, I'll give some interesting ones. I mean, we're on pretty much, uh, I want to say almost just about every platform, but some of the things that a lot of people on the podcast probably aren't paying attention to are a lot more traditional media, right? And uh, and I think it's it's because, you know, we, we you know, started, uh, Facebook was so cheap because we were pulling all these advertisers. Now you've got, massive advertisers that Facebook's their leading strategy. So these wells, like a direct mail campaign or TV or something like that, like there's no budgets there for them or less budgets, I should say, because everybody's over on over here. So, uh, you know, we've, we've really, as of the last maybe 12 to 18 months, put a pretty uh, significant investments into direct mail. So there's a lot of companies that like uh, Pebble Post is a great example of one that uh, retargets people on your site with direct mail. So if you uh, were like, an abandoned cart, you know, you abandon the cart or even, even just you stayed on a site for X amount of time, like they're able to match your IP address, then mail you direct offers. So you're getting it in your, in your actual inbo- uh, inbox, in your mail. That's one that a lot of people aren't focused on right now. Connected TV, you knocked, you, you hit a, a ton on, which is great. It really, there's this like <clears throat> Oprah effect to being on TV, right? Like you automatically get validation when you see a company on TV as a consumer, you're like, they must be big, they're on TV. Um, so you kind of you get that married with digital as well too, where the digital targeting and tracking and and uh, attribution uh, on a connected TV, so like a Hulu. So we are doing we are doing some of that. Um, even some of these secondary platforms like a Snapchat has has performed really well for us. Um, um, native ads, native ads, I think has probably the uh, biggest inventory to tap into and scalability once you figure it out. So that, I'm always after that too, right? Because I could be like. Reddit ads, but like how far is the scale there? I don't know. I don't know. We're not, we're not doing Reddit ads. So I don't mean to knock that and it might be working for a lot yeah. of people, but there may be a ceiling there where like a native, like once we, once we, you know, we started getting that to click a lot more, the scale was just infinite. There's so much inventory there. It's so untapped. They had all the, you know, penis pills and this and this, and but everybody was turned off from native, you know, advertisers and, and publisher sites um, that, that, you know, I'm, I'm looking, I try and look what other people are not. So, our goal for years was always like, how can we get Facebook to be under 50% of our ad spend? And it's not, not because Facebook's bad. It's just because that's what everyone was doing. I really am. A- uh, Facebook is bad. Come on. <laughs> to this man, this man does not like Facebook right here. Don't get me started. <laughs> well, I, I really am a big believer in doing what other, other people are not are ignoring. So no, know. that's great. That's Which great. is why I and, bought a bunch of cruise stock yesterday. I just want to say that. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I just booked my Disney cruise, you know. 
Maybe maybe I'll get Lyme disease so I could sit on the cruise and have Lyme and Corona. <laughs> corona with Lyme. So uh, okay, so so uh, is Facebook like it's still obviously effective for you? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And and do you notice uh, a shift in that, or is it just like as good as it ever was for you? Definitely a, a shift over the years. Definitely a shift. Definitely more expensive. Definitely with especially in our categories, uh, sensitivity around targeting uh, has, has made it more and more challenging. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, as, again, more advertisers entering, so CPMs go up. I will say as of you know this week, we we're seeing a decrease in CPMs. So uh, it, it's, it's kind of, it'll, it, it feels a little bit more like it's starting to balance out. But yeah, de- especially with political advertising, uh, tax season, things like this, that, that you know, we're all of a sudden turbo tax, I uh, you know, our, our rep said, you know, injected like a half million dollars in one day, like in ad spend. So that spikes the shit out of anybody in a, you know, a financial audience set. You know what I mean? So, yeah, uh, yeah it, it definitely has. And which is, again, why we've we've so relentlessly tried to get away from Facebook. You know, I, I can say now, you know, uh, Facebook makes up, you know, between 50 and 60 percent of our spend, which is a lot better than 100. And a lot of people, you know, even listening, probably their whole allocation, there's businesses, there's eight figure businesses built just off of Facebook. Phenomenal. I'm not saying go away, but at the same time, it, it is, I think it is important to be obsessed with getting away from Facebook. Do you see that you think you'll be um, increasing your ad spend? Like, cause there's a lot of companies going to be forced to decrease their ad spend right now because they're actually suffering real revenue consequences. Yeah. And then there's some companies that will, that will pull back because they're scared. Yeah. Um, but then there's going to be a few people that double down and like go all in on the, on, uh, on spending more than, you know, more than ever because they see they see opportunity because yeah people are on their computers more man if, if you're moving away from your digital advertising you're nuts you're yeah nuts. Well, what's your take on that you're right no i yeah we will we will be i don't even want to say doubling down quadrupling down over these uh, one because again our aren't we're built for this stuff to happen or and this yeah. this is where we thrive uh but even if i wasn't if i had you know a, a fucking i don't know a backpack company like i would find some way to double down on that. And it may now not be, you know, have the coolest backpack on the block. It may literally be, Hey, are you, are you uh, quarantined and afraid that you're going to have to go make a run for the border? Get the backpack. Like I'm being dramatic and silly. Like that's, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that kind of shit. We're leaning into what's happening right now. How do you, how could you, you know, anyone listening with your business, how can you lean in and double your ad spend? And I would just, instead of accepting like, Oh, converge rates are down. Nobody's buying e-commerce stuff. Oh, nobody's going to a brick and mortar. Like, how can you lean into that and double down on what you're doing today? Like, I think that's a very healthy conversation to have with yourself right now, because even if, even if tomorrow they go, it's cured, everything's good. It's what happened is still real. And it's still, it's waking up a lot of people to, even if, even if we're not hitting a recession today in a month, six months, a year, maybe we are, but even if we don't like it's happening, it's going to come. It's natural to happen again. And I think this is starting to wake people up to that versus this, you know, the backpack company that's doing a hundred million dollars because they've got, you know, Cardi B promoting it. Like you got to do more. Yep. Yeah, actually. I, and I, you know, I, my, I've been, I've been really doing a lot of deep meditation on this entire experience. I like you. And I, 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 I find what's that? I like you. Meditating. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I love it. Here's the, here's the interesting thing. Okay. Let's, let's take it. Let's take a quantum step back and just remove ourselves from the, the uncertainty and the, the fear and the strangeness of the situation from, from a more cosmic perspective, 
what we have is this disease that is making people stay home and be with their families and evaluate their relationships. And, and the fact that it doesn't really like no kids have really gotten, there's not like a huge amount of children, like some kids have gotten it. I think one or two have died, but unfortunately, but, but like, Kids are really getting it. And and if they did, this would be dark. This would be really dark. But but the fact that that we are now forced to like evaluate our work environments, our health systems, our financial systems, our family dynamics. I I feel that the I feel like and, and it's it's not just like this isn't just one sector or country. This is this is all of us as a species. And here's the other thing. And no one's really talking about this. The main reason this is happening is because people went deep into habitats that no one has ever been before, chopped down trees, grabbed those animals and brought them back. And this is an environmental issue on top, like most importantly, this is what the environment is doing to us because we're abusing it. So all of these things are happening simultaneously. And what I want to know is, is the human race going to learn from this and really kind of go, wait a minute, we've got to, you know, the the other thing I find fascinating, and I'm going to end my rant there, is that a lot of these authoritarian governments that have have lived their entire political careers on gaslighting uh, public, they are the ones who have denied this even exists because it's something they cannot control, right? And and so it, it, they can't they can't control the narrative, and all they could do is just lie and say it's not really happening when it obviously is. So so what what with that? Where is this going? Where do you think? What do you think the next ten years are going to look like? Dude, super interesting. Everything you just said, and I I, I couldn't be more on the same page. I, I think I think it's a massive wake up call, and and I you know I believe in society. I believe in people, although it's it's very easy to get down on them and, and not. I, I do think we're going to respond well because I do think even myself, I've caught myself like, okay, I'm going to start eating uh, a lot more vegetarian uh, because of, because, you know, meat, uh, you start to your point, the environmental effects that eating meat does and blah, 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 and all these other things, greenhouse gases. <clears throat> so it's woken me up. It's made me a lot more hygienic. Like I literally, my brother stopped biting his nails, like these little things that make this thing into a massive blessing. I, I think we, as humans, we, we adapt to survive. And I think that's that we're being forced to adapt to survive and 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 live in a in a better way in a better culture. And it's also interesting when you tie in like to your point, not being able to control it. Like I think of social media kind of like that virus, good or bad. Uh, uh, that that is really it's in a way it's uncontrollable. And and uh, I mean it, it, there, you know you can you know Trump injects a ton of spending in there to try and control it. You might have censorship in China, things like that, but. I mean, for the for a lot of things, like how quickly information moves now is an interesting virus in itself, too. That, yeah. that uh, again, for better or worse, I, I don't know. You know, something news comes out 10 minutes later, you you know, it like, like that and you're taking it to be true. So are we going to start accepting everything we read is true? Is a lot of fake news, clickbaity stuff going to be questions a lot more? By cons- like there's all these things that over the next next five, 10 years are, you know, maybe a massive shift for marketers if we're going to tie this back to marketers. You know, we, we may need to need to do more than just a one off landing page that, that you know, it is it looks clickbaity and reads, reads like a news post. It, it may need to have legitimacy around it a lot more. We may have, need to see more marketing touches to gain trust. The, the, you know, absolutely. What I mean? Absolutely. Wait, wait, I want to ask you about that, though, because you you're um, 
you brought up kind of this idea of incorporating what's happening into the into the marketing. Yep. Do you what, what is your take on like in copywriting? Because I do a lot of copywriting for clients. I have clients that are in the seminar business, coaching business, digital products business, like those kind of clients. And there's like two philosophies of thought here. It's it's incorporate and like come from a real empathetic perspective and be like, we understand what's happening this, this, and this, and go really soft approach, or um, you Jordan Belfort it, which I saw recently, <laughs> I saw some of his copy recently, and it's like, now is the time to double down because everybody else is taking their foot off the gas. So it's like, you know, let's go full speed ahead. Uh, I, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of curious because there's like, these different different schools of thought in terms of, of the approach, yeah. um, what you think is, because I mean, I guess we don't even know yet because it's too, it's kind of early, but like what, what, what would you be your opinion in terms of what's ultimately going to work? I mean, I, and I also like the risks of reputational damage too, that could happen. Even if you go sensitive with it, you'd also don't want to sound like you're exploiting the situation too, right? 100%. I think it comes back to the entrepreneur marketer's risk tolerance a lot of ways. Like I, I think I have a relatively high risk tolerance. So yeah. I fall right in the middle of those two. So for me, instead of, hey, Justin, do you want to lose weight? I understand how tough it is carrying all that extra weight. I, I, my ad copy would say, hey, Justin, you're tired of your wife not wanting enough sex with you. You know, like, wow, I, like go easy, man. This is rough. <laughs> but you know what i mean where it's like because of your weight like are you tired of questioning like your your manhood in the mirror every time you get up because you don't like the way you look try our solution um so i fall right in the middle of that where it's i'm empathizing but at a really deep and really heartstring level where i have to i have to be more relevant and heart pulling than your mother your best friend your girlfriend your friend like while you're going through your facebook news feed I have to be, I have to be more polarizing than that. So, you know, you're getting fucked over by blood, like that kind of stuff that disrupts the pattern, I think is important, more important now than, than ever, especially with all, with, with just people digesting news so much yeah, on what's yeah. going on. We I think have, I we a lot of, a lot of eyeballs and a lot of news. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's going to be opportunities. So disrupting the pattern is going to be very, very critical. And I, I, I've completely stopped news consumption. I am doing zero news consumption right now because I can't be productive and read the, this kind of news. Like, is it just it? It's just, I'll, I'll go down much, rabbit yeah. hole after rabbit hole. Um, my wife fills me in. She works for a city government, so I'll just trust her her opinion on that stuff. But I, I, I can't consume any of it and be productive. So I'm at zero. Because I, I know you were going to say something too, but a lot of my media buyers, interestingly enough, fall into, and this isn't, isn't for everybody, but they, they, they are not our target demographic and they try and market as if they are their demographic. So for you, you said you're stop reading. Guess what? My customer is spending fucking more time than ever watching the news and TV. Oh, and yeah. yeah, I believe it. I believe it. With it. And they won't go to sleep because they're watching it. And even I'm getting lured into it. So a lot of my like people on the team would be like you where they're like, nah, I, you know, I just haven't been reading. I go, but our people are. So now our messaging is, you know, during the, the, your quarantine time, you need to, you need to contact us, blah, blah, blah. We don't know how much worse this can get. Look at what coronavirus has already done. You know what I mean? Stuff like that, yeah. where that is my target. Your mail is now going to get you sick. Your Amazon packages could be infected. Well, as, as, uh, <laughs> as Justin once famously said, if you can find what people are really afraid of, you can sell them shit. I don't know who said it. I like it. It's right. 
So, uh, you know, and it's, true. it's and it's interesting. I mean, I, I actually, uh, I do follow the news, uh, probably a little too much. I, I read, but I, I get it mostly from Reddit. I love like Reddit to me yeah. is the best aggregator. Uh, but I, I, I decided to go onto Facebook, which I avoid like the plague. I still have my uh, account just so people can contact me, but I, I went on there just to, just to see what like people I know are doing. And what I realized, Facebook has basically turned into three subgroups. One group is the far right, where everybody wants to get Trump and because they're jealous of him or whatever. The other one is like the anti-vaxxer, you know, essential oil crowd who think that this thing is a conspiracy. Uh, and then the other side is like, oh, no, this is really Trump's doing. Q told me so. And I don't have any proof of that, but a friend of mine told me something that makes sense. And then you have like another third who are trying to argue with these two groups. And at the end of it, I, I, I wanted to take my brain out of my head and just like sanitize it in and like, like rub, rub oil all over essential oil all over my brain. Don't gouge the prices. Amazon, they're, they're investigating those Amazon sellers right now. You can't gouge prices on hand sanitizer anymore. <laughs> I guess my brain will have to do, but, but anyway, I mean, it's, it's, it's really such a weird toxic environment. So where, where else are you looking for clients that isn't Facebook right now? Where, where do you see its potential? Twitter's worse, man. Twitter's worse. Well, especially especially because people are home. We, we are spending more on TV than ever. I think people are watching more more TV right now. Uh, I think there's a big opportunity for that. I think across all these, again, secondary platforms, the Snapchats of the world, the natives of the world, they're having advertisers pull money out too, which means they're thirsty for for business as well too. So if you're able to have a you know a positive return on ad spend. You know, you you really have the leverage point now more than more than these platforms. So it's not you know you take you take a, a Facebook who's got you know the hot girl at the party. All of a sudden she's not that hot anymore. She still is, but there's not as many you know you don't have as much competition going in there. So you can kind of walk in a little bit more pompous. So uh, point being is is it's really no different than than kind of the the principles we've been following for the last few years as far as as far as diversifying outside of it. But it's it's now more apparent and it's now more. I would say uh, effective because now you know any any constraints on those secondary platforms that weren't getting them to pop and work are all now starting to open up because there's less competition. There's more people at home, so the conversion rates are theoretically higher. There's more fear than ever that you can you can play in. And again, like you said, when you said sell them shit, hopefully for good. You know, it really like you said, it's a superpower. You know, stuff. So. It's kind of a joke when I was saying it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. It's real. It's very real. And uh, and you know, and hopefully you know, companies out there are using it for good. But uh, yeah. essentially, the, so to answer your question, a lot of these secondary platforms, it's, nothing's changed. I just think some of the constraints that made those tough to scale, whether they that the conversion rate wasn't high enough, they didn't have enough users, things like that. Those are all starting to artificially boost up and making those platforms more attractive. So if you're Reed Hastings right now, um, Netflix CEO, are, are you like considering introducing advertising at this point? Because they don't make any extra money by the number of user, or number of uh, paid accounts that are watching like excessive television and uh, they might get a spike in subscriptions although but there's also that there there's also the point that some people are going to be pulling back what could be deemed a luxury although um i i don't know they probably will get a spike in subscriptions yeah. would you would you consider that or would you fear uh the backlash of introducing advertising right now because that could also have a negative uh impact as well i'm, I'm just kind of curious if, if, yeah. if, how you would how would you would handle that because that's to me that's 
there's like a prime there's so much money to be made right now um if they introduce even one ad per video or something um yeah i'm just kind of curious no it's, it's a it's a great question i forget i read something about a year ago i wish i remembered it more talking about like his stance on why he hasn't introduced advertising or not not a fan of it and and, and things like that and i wish i had a more intelligent conversation other than i i mean i I would, uh, you you know, especially when, again, who's got the leverage now to your point, it's, yeah. you've got more people staying home, more people. I mean, dude, I've watched more movies in the last three days than I have in the last probably three months off of Netflix and Hulu and all these other things. So now yeah. instead of, instead of being, you know, being on walking on thin ice, is someone going to go over to Hulu if I advertise too much? Are they going to go over to Amazon Prime videos if I advertise too much? Like there's a lot more, the pie's bigger. It's not, how do I take more of the sliver of the pie? So this would be an interesting opportune time to, take advantage of the pie becoming bigger. And because feathers are kind of ruffled, I do, I do see it as an interesting time to in, in or, you know, inject something like that or introduce it to the market or test it because you have, you have a higher tolerance to it. It's not like, you know, what else you're going to do? You're at home. You're going to watch Netflix, even if there's ads on type of feel, you know, yeah, so, yeah, you're yeah. Trapped. That's, trapped. That's, my, that's my two cents. I don't know. I would, I do. I wish I remember. I'll, I'll try and dig up that article, send it to you guys. You can put it in there somewhere, but I remember it was phenomenal. It specifically talked about that, but I, I can't remember it off the top of my head why he, why his stance were on, was on that. I want to I want to finish the conversation on lead gen. We we started we went into the um, method acting idea. You were you were method acting. You were becoming your client. You are now suffering the ramifications of uh, people calling you in the middle of the night wanting to collect your money. Um, what so can can we kind of just finish walking through uh, walking through that? So once you've identified that, now you're writing you're writing you're using that to write your copy. Yeah. Is your um, like your sales copy, do you write your own emails? You write your own ads? Like do you write all of that or do you hire copywriters too? Um, you know, what's funny. I, I think that's the hardest thing I've found to replace is, and maybe it's just because I like it. Maybe it's just I'm good at it. Maybe I'm, I'm wrong at this, yeah. but I found it very difficult to hire a better sales copywriter than myself. And maybe it's just because I'm close to the customer. Maybe it's just because that's my skill set and I like that. But I still, even at the size of our company with 30 plus employees, eight figure plus, I, I still, uh, my time when people say, what's your time spent on? It's really, a lot of it is strategy. And then, which, which really is copy in a lot of ways. It's okay, let's yeah. try this angle. Let's go after this. So even if I'm not specifically writing the ads, I'm introducing a lot of the the value props, the pain points we're going to hit, things like that. So I'm indirectly still still very heavily on that. Would you describe your your style as being more direct response or more story oriented? Or like, how, like when you're writing copy, um, like w- what do you like to weave in? I would say direct response again, back to that. Like, are you tired of, of questioning your manhood and your wife not wanting to have sex yeah. with you? Type of yep. The pain points. Yeah. Yep. This, this, the, you know, check out this solution, uh, you, you know, or not even check out, like you need the solution. And if you don't get it in the next 13 minutes, we're going to sell out because of coronavirus. Like that, that would be an ad I would write. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Interesting. So, uh, well, it's fascinating stuff. Where can people find you if they're interested in any of these services or just, you know, you in general, Where- learning more about you. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm pretty active on Instagram. It's uh, just my first and last name, and then um, uh, even just my website, AnthonySerandry.com. Feel free to I've got a, a contact form on there, literally just to answer questions off a of podcast and stuff like that. So, okay. any questions, thoughts, any ideas you want to bounce off? More than happy to to, to answer or give my two cents on. We'll uh, yeah. we'll put links uh, down in the description or Justin Williams. Fantastic at doing that. Uh, and then finally, before we wrap up, tell us uh, what. What are you most geeky about at this particular moment? <laughs> it's a weird time, but what are you geeky about? <laughs> the thing I'm 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 most geeky about right now is oh, let me think about this one. I want to give a good answer on this. I don't just want to give just a, a, 
uh, top of the ice good answer here. Uh, it is getting, uh, you want it directly to marketing or just in general? No, it doesn't matter. Totally in general. General. It doesn't matter. It could be a, anything, hobby, movie. But if you have a if you have a marketing one, I we'll hear both. But I want to hear want to hear at least yeah. both. But if it's marketing, we also want a personal one too. One thing that I've been really, we've been really cranking on is similar to native. We were saying how the scalability there's Google Display GDN is something that I think has a absorbent amount of opportunity that we have yet to be able to tap into. So I'm obsessed with trying to figure that out uh, with the team. Uh, so that's the marketing one. And then personally, dude, what am I doing? I guess it's not really geeky, but I've been doing a ton of at-home workouts, which is weird. I, I'm used to going to the gym every day for the last decade. That's not necessarily a geeky one, but uh, you know what? How about how about uh, how about more journaling and meditating? You said it, and, and oh, cool. I've really uh, that. And then I guess if you want to put veg, eating vegetarian, I've, I'm now a month in being full vegetarian, not eating any meat. That's uh, I guess oh, that's nice. kind of a geeky thing. Sure. I need to get back into meditation. That's something that I've taken on at times during my life, but uh, right now I'm very far from it. So I need to, I need to bring that back because that really does, it, it has a big impact. Like I, I've, it's actually made me more productive, um, which is kind of almost, almost counterintuitive because you lose an hour, you lose an hour of your day meditating, but because of it, you have a different level of focus, different level of uh, results. Um, Headspace is great, man. It costs like 40 a year. And it take take twenty minute kind of meditation. Yeah, it's, an hour, bro. You know better than me. Ten minutes, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, Justin, what are you geeky about right now? Well, I'm pissed that they canceled. Uh, they canceled all like Black Widow got delayed, so now the whole Marvel Cinematic oh, Universe is in, is in shambles. <laughs> um, but I, I just watched. Uh, I finished McMillions, which is the. Uh, Dude, the I watched the first two. Oh, it's so good. I love it. I love that one. Uh, so the, I just finished it. There's, it's like a six episode miniseries on HBO. Um, and I, I used, I grew up playing that Monopoly game uh, in the, in the nineties. So it's like, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's so interesting. I never even heard about this. And it, it, basically the timing, uh, it happened like right around nine 11. So like the whole story got buried because of that. <laughs> so I think it, I did not had 9-11 not happened, this would have been a huge thing that we all would have known about. And instead of a documentary series, we'd be watching the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, I got to yeah. see that. I got to see that. I, I have uh, two, two things. I saw uh, the Shia LaBeouf movie, uh, the indie film Peanut Butter Vulcan uh, the other night. And it was great. It was sounds, really. Sounds, sounds really good. It's really, really good. Uh, Shia LaBeouf is one of those guys that I. I, I, I want to have him on the show. I would love to meet that guy. And just, he's a method actor. He's a method actor. He, uh, I remember he got like super drunk for that when he was playing a bootlegger and everybody got, he pissed off everybody on the set, whatever movie that was. Well, the, the thing that I find so brilliant about him is that he, you know, he, he was at the height of like movie stardom. He was in the, the, uh, the transformer movies They he was in the Indiana Jones and he hated it. He hated doing those movies. And so he, he purposefully derailed his career, but not enough to not get parts but just enough so they wouldn't put him in those types of movies anymore. <laughs> yeah. and, and he did this whole performance art piece where he put a sack over his head that said, I am not famous anymore. And he just sat there for like five days and let people come in and do whatever they wanted to him. What about and, he will he will not divide us? You remember that whole thing? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I I am fascinated by the guy. The Shia LaBeouf video, Shia LaBeouf, he's coming in your window. Right. right. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Peter Potter Falcon, great movie. And then uh, highly, highly recommend it if, if you're stuck in quarantine. The other thing that I've discovered is a app on, uh, I, on Apple called Kitchen Stories. 
and it's a like a it's like a cookbook social network. And I've started cooking stuff from there, and my cooking has gone next level. So I I've made like seven dishes so far from it, and every one of them has been spectacular, and it's gotten me out of my <laughs> my flavor zone. Kitchen book, kitchen stories. Story, kitchen stories. I like yeah. that. Get on your iPad. It's it, it it's it's next level. It's you next know, level. It, especially if you're going vegan. There's a lot of good recipes there. Side note, I don't know if you thought like I, I did some research and looking at like the stock the stocks that went up during this whole virus thing. Uh one of them obviously was more obvious. Zoom is one of the ones that actually has gone up the entire time this virus is happening. The another one though that went up this week uh that we're recording this, 577% was blue apron which I found that to be kind of interesting. So Blue Apron stock jumped up like 577%. So talk, when you're talking about cooking, that's where they just give you the, they deliver the materials to you and you can, uh, you know, you can cook. And pretty soon if you can't get to the store, because who knows what happens with uh, these deep, further and further lockdowns, uh, you might need a service like that. Yeah, sure. no doubt. No doubt. Well, uh, Anthony, thank you so much for being on the show, man. I, I really appreciate it. This was great. Uh, any last uh, words of wisdom you want to leave uh, our seven listeners with? Fail fast, baby. That's I think we touched on it a little bit, but fail, <laughs> yeah. fail fast. Speed, speed of implementation. Implement fast, you can fail fast, and then you can re- yep. then you can reboot. <laughs> I, love that. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, and uh, we'll have links uh, below. Sweet, fellas. Appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you. All right, Anthony. Send you got it. Keep going. You got it. I got it. I got it. Uh, man, that was uh, that was highly interesting. Anthony and, uh, S. Anthony S. I, I'll just do. I'll just do that, man. I, I'm so used to people fucking up my my name. You know how are you keeping? How are you keeping sane over there in uh, during I, lockdown? I, at this time, I am still very busy. So uh, all I'm doing is working, and it keeps me sane. Um, but we'll we'll see what happens because I. I I have some questions about how state. Hey, oh no! Oh no! That could catch that through the, through the thing. <laughs> I have some questions. I have some questions about how stable we really are. But maybe by the time we air this, maybe things will be have improved. Maybe they have gone worse. Um, who knows? But uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm trying to be optimistic. I'm not particularly optimistic about economic conditions. Yeah, I'm definitely not either. But uh, I think I think you and I luckily are going to be fine. I feel yeah. my heart really goes out to there's so many people who are not right oh, now. I, and, so many, so well, many people that I'm like, whether yeah, like the hotel industry, the like cruise industry, yeah. I mean, the, the seminar industry, well, anything live events, like everything, they're getting, they're getting hammered. I just, I just want to talk to I just want to talk to the person right now who who's like everything is like slipping away and and just know that that with with that just know that this will end and it's a really good time for us to just evaluate what we're fighting for you know and what 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 we stand for and what we're putting the stake in the ground for and and at this moment in time if you can just take a few moments to really think that is this the direction I want to be going? And if not, how do I pivot it? So it is the yeah. direction I, I, I want to go. I, it's I do, fantastic uh, time for metamorphosis. I do really hope that uh, people that have the opportunity with extra time take the chance to, to transform their lives and do something that they want and that actually has meaning. Like this is the opportunity. This is this is the slap in the face redirection yeah. that a lot of people have wanted. They've wanted a way out from you know, corporate hell. 
and this is your chance. So you, you, either, you get to choose now if you want to make the most out of it or um, or continue with the status quo. And it, that's that's completely up to you. Uh, it, but I, man, it's, I feel so like like it's it's crazy how like grocery workers like who are underpaid to begin with and they're they're the ones being forced to work through this and like we're we're putting them like they're the, like they have to like they have to be around keeping like, the supply chains open i mean those the, really the the people the grocery store workers you know they, they are and they should be compensated for it like yeah like the government well as- step in and give them bonuses or something I, I don't know but they need to be like there's something wrong with what they're not paid enough for what they're doing so yeah yeah well you know, just help people, you know, keep, look out for your neighbor and, and, you know, listen to the Marketing Geeks back episodes because they're, we definitely, you could make a lot of money. One of these days, I'm going to listen to the old episodes. One of these days, we'll listen to our own show and we'll be, we'll be super, and, and super we'll, welcome. We'll take some <laughs> of the advice our guests have given us. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are the Marketing Geeks. Out. Stay classy. Come on, bring your friends. We'll learn marketing from distant lands. Bondo Sturgeon and Justin Womack. The fun will never end. It's marketing geeks. Marketing geeks.